0: Good morning. You know, we've been doing a series uh, that was basically uh, simplifying our focus in 2010. Today's message is is entitled, Clarity, Movement, Alignment, and Focus, which is part four in this series. I want you to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Verse six. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Now we said our vision was to be connected to God, to the body, to ministry, and to the world. Is that correct? We said our, our process is found within our vision. And our vision Is stated in such a way that our process is in order of what division is. So the process of making disciples is first to God, then to the body, ministry, and to the world. So we can be connected in that that, that those ways. I don't think you can be a disciple without being connected to God. What do you think? That's first, and so that's that's the that's the order in which we are doing it, being connected to to God. But I don't think you can be really a disciple without being connected to the body either. And we also have to be connected to a ministry, because God has given everybody gifts. Everyone has gifts, and we have to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so. If we're going to stand before him on that day and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, then we're going to have to answer for the gifts that he's given us, the spiritual gifts. Are we using those gifts? And he wants us to use them inside the church, outside the church, everywhere we are, wherever we go. He wants to be open to the Holy Spirit, using us with people. Colossians 2, 6. As you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your your faith. Just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. When it says in verse 6 that as we have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. That walking is in the present imperative, and that means it's continuous or repeated. To walk. It's not something that we do one time. It's something that you have to continue to do as long as you're on this earth. You have to walk in Him. Okay. Walking in Christ is living a life in a manner that will reflect His ways. That's how we're supposed to be living. That's how we're supposed to be living our life in such a way that we are reflecting the ways of Jesus Christ. In other words, the word says, as he is, so are we on this earth. That's what it says. Yeah. We're supposed to be walking just as he walked on this earth. So that's a process of a process. And it's a process of being a disciple also because discipleship is only trying to get us to be like Jesus. You know, so if you say, well, what's a disciple? A disciple is someone who uh, learns what the master wants them to do and try to imitate the master until it becomes a part of their lifestyle. So that you can't tell the difference between the master and you. So that's why Jesus was able to say, you know, when you have seen me, you have seen the father. And so that's what we want uh, people saying, you know, I, this person is a Christian. And so I, I really know what a Christian is like because I see this person right here, you know. On my workplace, you know, they, they're not like, like we are. They're not like everybody else. They are different, you know. And so that's what we want. When they read the Bible, they want to they want to remember the person at their workplace that said they were a Christian. They want to remember that that's the way they walk, you know. And that's where you want to walk also. In First John 2, 5 and 6. It says, but whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. Whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him basically says that ought to walk as he walked. That's what it said, in the same manner that he walked. That's what we need to do. Do we abide in Christ? You know, You know, we know what the word says, but do we really abide in him? Because if we abide in him, it says that we need to walk in a manner that he walked. See, when his seed is in us, a seed is going to come up to be just what God has put in that seed. You don't plant a seed of, of let's say, uh, figs, and you're going to get grapes. You don't do that. You don't plant corn and get squash. You know, whatever you plant, whatever that seed is, whatever's in, within that seed, because God has put everything in a seed that's going to make a mighty plant. That's why God says that whatever you sow, you're going to reap because whatever is in that seed that you're sowing, whether spiritual, whether it's natural, is going to come up to be the same type of plant. And not only are you going to receive what you planted, you're going to receive more than you planted. That's exciting, you know. It's exciting when you start planting uh, seeds, um, good seeds, because that means you're going to get more seeds. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians, he'll say that, you know, not only do I give seeds, uh, food for for bread, you know, but our uh, bread for food. I also give seed for sowing, and I will multiply your seed sown, because multiplication process is what God is all about. So we have the seed of Jesus in us, which every Christian does. Then that means that that seed is going to grow, and it's going to be a mighty plant. And that means that you're going to be, you have to be, just like the seed is in you. You can't be like the devil and the seed of Christ is in you. Do you understand? And you can't walk like the devil if the seed of Christ is in us. You can't talk like the devil if the seed of Christ is in us. So that's the exciting thing that if we abide in him, it says that we ought to walk in a manner that, that he walked. And I believe that we all are going to... Uh, be doing that more and more as we concentrate on the discipleship process. Because most people don't want the process of being a disciple because a disciple is disciplined. They don't want that process. Nobody wants to really train for a game. Nobody wants to do that. They want to play the game, but they don't want to be trained for the game. Training is hard. It really is. It's hard on the body, it's hard on the mind, uh, but it's going to produce a better game for people to watch. Yeah. Uh, so that's the same thing it is with uh, being a disciple, that the more we are disciplined, the more we train, the more we're going to, when we go out into the world, in our job places and whatever, when, when we get uh, pushed the wrong way, when we get uh, squares the wrong way, nothing's going to ooze out but Jesus Christ. You know, uh, these funny-looking, sounding words are not going to ooze out. You know, it's going to be words of the, of, the, of, the, of the Bible, words of God, sweet-sounding words, soft words. Somebody might holler at you. Somebody might say mean things to you. But what's going to come out of you are soft words, soft answer. just like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and heft to the bone. God's word is going to be true. And that, that's why I love the word. Let's go to... Uh, Another area, you know, it's very important for us to realize that when we walk, as he walked, it's going to result in us being rooted. That's what the word says, you know, when we just read it. We're going to be rooted. What do we mean by rooted? What do we mean by rooted? A tree, the deeper the roots, the firmer that tree is going to be against adversity, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if that root goes, goes deep, I don't care what comes, it might bend, it might sway, but it's going to be there. It says that we need to be rooted, you know, that's what it says, and being built up in him, established in the faith. And that being built up and that being established, all those in the, in, in the present tense, it means also to be uh, continuous. It's a continuous building up. It's a continuous edifying. It's a continuous um, uh, establishing we have to, uh, edify one another and we have to build one another up when we come together. It's, it's very important for us to realize that you can't be a Christian and by yourself. You, you can't be a Christian by yourself. You need the other parts of the body of Christ, you know. You need, you need somebody that you can, that can help you be what God's called you to be. That's why when you are married, it's a great thing because that person usually is opposite you. And that means that you go, it's going to be some friction. I mean friction. And so, but to married people who are Christians, they're going, they're going to draw closer and closer together because they're going to be growing closer and closer to Christ and their roots are going to go deep. And no matter what adversity comes, they might bend, they might sway, but it's not going to blow them over. That's important for us to know also. Because being a Christian to me is not losing. I don't believe in losing. I don't see losing in my Bible. You know, I see victory. The enemy may, may, the enemy may think, may make you think that you're losing. He might have thought Jesus was losing, but that was victory. The cross was a victory. The cross was not uh, uh, just something that that oh, the Satan won. Oh no. no, 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 no. The cross at the cross, Satan lost. You know, and so we have to know also that there is no defeat for a Christian, none whatsoever. We can get sold in two. It really doesn't matter, you know, because that's in the Bible too, isn't it? I mean, Hebrews chapter 11, it was just one, one people who, were, who by faith, you know, they conquered this and they slew lions and all this. And some got sought in two, you know. Some uh, had, had to be martyred, you know. But it was victory. It was victory. Because when you read in the end, you know, uh, uh, they're going to be in heaven. So it's okay to be a Stephen, to be a martyr for Christ, you know. It really is. Jesus died at 33. There was victory though. Okay, in some, it'll be 120. There's still victory. There's victory in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that God has defeat for you? He doesn't. No defeat whatsoever. You think He has defeat for your children? No, He doesn't have defeat for your children. He has victory for your children. Victory, you know. I don't care what, the, what it may look like, you know. We don't walk by sight; we walk by faith. He has victory for your children. You see, but you had to stand firm. You had to be rooted. You had to understand. You had to speak the right things. Don't speak the wrong things because you're sowing seeds. Very important. Now we talked about movement. Movement. Now movement. Now clarity. If if we were to define clarity, let's hit the first word of clarity. We define clarity. Clarity, basically, is making whatever we say easier to be understood, easier to be grasped. And so, our that's why we changed our vision so that it would be clearer. It should be easier to be understood, easier to be grasped. Now, is it a hard thing, the vision we have? Be connected to God, to the body, to ministry, to the world. Is it hard? Okay. The first movement that you want to get anybody that you witness to, get them saved, the first thing you want to do is get them in church. You want to get them in church because they need to be connected to God. They need to see the body corporately praising God. That's what they need to see. It's a wonderful thing when an unbeliever gets in, a, in, a, in a, a body and everybody's praising, nobody's concentrating on anybody else. They're just praising God for his goodness and his grace. You know? And that person starts start sensing the presence of God because he's in the body. And when you come into a church, building, the building itself is really not anointed. Do you understand that? We are the church. We are anointed. If you're looking for our new building over at 2525 Old Graysmill Road to be anointed, uh, you know, you're going to be disappointed. It's put together by bricks, you know, and all all this, you know, steel and all that kind of stuff. That's not the anointing. The anointing is when you get in it. When you step in the door, it's anointed, you know, because you're anointed. You bring the anointing with you. If you're not bringing anointing with you, then something is wrong. Matter of fact, you're not a Christian. Let me tell you again. If you don't bring anointing with you wherever you go, you are not a Christian. Okay? Now, I'm speaking from the word standpoint because he says you have that unction in you. That unction is the Holy Spirit. The anointing. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Every Christian, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're not a Christian. So if you had the Holy Spirit in you, you have the anointing in you. Every single person. Okay? So when you go to school, things, you're supposed to be taking the anointing inside a classroom when you step in that building. I don't care how much darkness it is, all it takes is one candle and everybody can see it. The darker it is, the greater the light. You know? So I'm excited about When the body gets together, there's a lot of anointing in here, a lot of anointing. Movement goes from the sanctuary, from being in here, to the body. That's the the second movement. When you get somebody saved, you get them in church service. Then you get them involved with the body. We said last week that if you, we're going to measure that by what we call now, We, we changed it from home groups. We call it now, tell me, life groups. Okay. We want to, want everybody to be a part of a life group. And those life groups, some gonna be on Sunday morning, some be during the week, just like we used to have them. Okay. That's what we're gonna have. And so we want everybody in a small group of people. We call life groups because that's where the interaction is gonna take place. That's where we're going to uh, uh, use our gifts also more. That's where you're going to be able to uh, help hold one another accountable. You encourage one another. You cry together, all those type of things. That's where things are happening in a small group, which we call life groups. The movement goes from there to uh, our next step. Well, I didn't cover that yesterday, last Sunday, I'm covering it this Sunday. Be connected to God, what's the next one? To the body, what's the next one? To a ministry. We want everybody involved in a ministry. In your bulletin, you should have a list. It's in, if you open your bulletin, you should have a list of uh, a lot of different ministries that we have. Now, we said we can't do all, all of the ones we named before. Some, some of those ministers, what we decided to do is to uh, put a hold on them until a little later. But we have enough ministries for everybody to get involved in. Okay? And you can just look down here and you just pick one and say, I'll get involved in this. It's very important that, again, you use your gifts. A lot of people want to come to church, but they don't want to be a part of a ministry. A lot of people want to come to church, but they don't want to be in a a life group. See, our groups move from step one to step four, and every step is another level of commitment. Okay? Do you know to come to church every Sunday is a level of commitment? It is. It is. It's a level of commitment. It takes a committed person to come every single Sunday that they're in town and not working, you know. It takes a commitment to do that, okay. I would love to, I, I, you know, I would love to sleep in, you know. Stay up late, sleep late, you know. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands, you know, poverty will come, you know. But see, I know that God said that if I honor him, he'll honor me. I know he said that when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes his enemies at peace with him. See, so I know the word that tells me that forsake not assembling yourselves together, as the matter of something is, but I'm looking at the, at the honoring part of it, at the thanksgiving. Some people uh, you know, like teens and things like that, they come to church sometime because they have to come. Okay. But I'm telling you, you should want to come. It should be an honor to come. If God gives you six days and you can't give him one, something's wrong with your attitude of gratitude for him saving the soul. He has saved my soul from hell I need to show my gratitude by worshiping him corporately on Sunday. Okay? And I know I can stay at home and have have my family together and say, we're going to have church here. That's not what God is talking about. God is talking about a corporate get-together where he can, you know, be honored because you're sacrificing. There's no sacrifice. Must roll out of bed and turn on TV and look at somebody else's service. You know, there's no sacrifice. The Christian walk is a, is, a, is a walk of sacrificial walk. You know. So that's where we're coming with our movement. And when you go to say a um, from the sanctuary, I say, "I want you involved in everybody involved in a um, in a life group." You say, "Oh no, no." You know. That is too much now, you know. I don't have any time to spend. That's why we're starting having, having some on Sunday, you know, on Sunday. Morning, during the, during the time we no, normally have Sunday school, we have life groups. And we have life groups doing different things, but we have a life group also. So if you don't want to spend another night, then come on out doing Sunday morning early. Well, I don't want to come early either. Man, I had to spend three hours, you know. Because that means that we don't get out to twelve, I come here at nine, that's three hours, you know. We have to we have to honor God more than that, don't we? Okay. Then the next level of commitment is being a ministry. It takes a lot, do you know it takes a lot to to get out of bed, get dressed up, come here, work in the nursery, or with children's church. And you don't see about until service is over. With. That takes commitment, you know. But see, it's more than just you working in a nursery using your gift. You are helping somebody to get involved in the body, and helping somebody life somebody's life change. Because when people come, if they don't have anywhere for their children. They don't want to, you know, that's just what I'm talking about, 90% of the people that you're going to be witnessing to, the church, the, the unchurched people, and the laws, they can't handle their children sitting in service. A lot of them. They can't handle them. You know what I'm saying? They, they, you know, they constantly be a, you know, you know, constantly, stop that, you know. And they said, they've told me, they said, I can't worship with my kids. Do you have somewhere where I can, Put my kids doing the time we have worship, singing, you know, because I want to worship God. I can't worship God doing that. 90% of the people who are lost and unchurched, they can't do it. Okay? And they won't do it. If we don't have a youth program, do you know that some people have youth? And that means that somebody has a sacrifice. Do you think that Ash and Rebecca want to spend time coming here early in the morning? Oh, he does sound. she on the worship team. You know, come here. And then at the service, go and spend time ministering to the teens. You think that's fun? Every single Sunday except the last Sunday of the month. You know, they might think it's fun. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, don't you think they want to go take a nap? You know? Go out to eat, you know? And talk to adults just like y'all do, you know. They would want to do that. But someone has to sacrifice because if if we don't have a, a youth ministry, people come in here with you, they say, oh, what do you have for you? Nothing. What do you have for children? Nothing. Keep them in the service, you know. You know? They won't be in this church because they have other churches that have that ministry and they'll go to that church, you see, just because they have somewhere for the kids. Now, that's not saying that if you have your act together and you want your kids in the service, keep them in the service. There's nowhere that we tell you in any literature or by any means, I'm, I'm sure Elder John or Elder Staff have told him about it. Now, I haven't told them about it. I don't want your kids in here. Get them out. You know? No, we haven't told you that. You can keep, every single one of you, uh, if you can keep your kids in the service. And it's fine with me. I love kids. Jesus loves kids. It's fine. It you know? doesn't bother me. But I'm not talking about you who have your kids who really uh, your kids want to be around you and, and you want them in service. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the ones that you're bringing in. And see, if we're not thinking about bringing somebody in that's lost on church, we are not thinking the way Christ is thinking. Okay, because he's thinking reaching the lost. Somewhere along the the line, you were not saved. You weren't born saved, you know. So therefore, somebody had to tell you something about Jesus Christ for you to get saved. And so that's what we need to be doing, telling people about Jesus Christ to get them saved. So church is not about just us here. It's about the lost. It's about the unchurched. That's who we're looking for. So everything we do, our, our life groups are involved. We want our life groups getting our kids, you know, involved, and we'll have something for our kids too. Uh, during life group time, we'll have the Rangers and, and, and Impact Ministry doing that same uh, hour so that it be somewhere for the kids if you want them to be in that ministry. If you want to keep them with you, that's okay too, you know. All right. But it takes more commitment to do that. How many of you are involved in our children's program? Raise your hand. Okay, good, good. That's the biggest need of any church, of any church, any church. I was talking to uh, the lady who runs the Thomas Road ministry, and they have a lot of kids. And um, uh, she said they, they, they need people all the time. Matter of fact, they had to hire people. Because there's not enough people to volunteer. Because people, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. I was talking to a a ministry, a children's ministry in Louisiana. They had about 6,000 people in service. And and, uh, they had to hire people also because they said they don't have enough people volunteer for their children's ministry. So that's the biggest need that's in any body is children. And I thank God that, that you're all having children, you know, because if you weren't having children, then what happens is that um, we're going to die out pretty soon, you know, and it won't be nobody else, you know. So you got to have children. And you don't want the loss always having children, you know. Um, you want some God to see, don't you? Okay, so that, that's, that's very important also. The last movement is, tell me about it, Connected to the world, connected to the world, okay? Now, when we're connected to the world, that's, that's also sacrifice, isn't it? Nobody wants to go out to witness. You know, it's hard to do that, you know, because usually you're going to have to do it during your free time, during the time you're not working. So it's going to be either be after, after, your, after five or it's going to be on Saturdays, you see. And so it takes more commitment to do that. But if we don't do that, we're not obedient to the Great Commission. So we want you involved in that. Alignment. So we talked about clarity. We talked about movement. Now, alignment. What do we mean by alignment? Every single ministry that we have at Cornerstone should be aligned, Mean that they should have the same vision, the same um, process. So if it's the children's ministry, like Rangers, if you look on our website, you'll see the rangers, they're going to have the same uh, a vision, the same processes we have as the church. Every ministry said that the, the music ministry, the same vision. You know The music ministry, um, they are what part are they going to be trying to get you connected to? The first one, God. Okay? The first one God. Because that's that's what they do. Try to usher into the presence of of God. Okay, so they have the same vision, same process. So everything has to be aligned in that. And when you are uh, speaking of clarity, I mean, you know, clarity, it got to be so simple that the little children can know. When they bring other children, they know. Oh, what, what do you do here? Well, first thing you know, you're gonna you, you got to be in the worship service. You got to be able, able to in a corporate service now. At some, some churches, they have their, 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 their children's worship uh, it's separated from the, uh, the main adult worship. And they, ha- they have somebody leading worship, things like that. That's fine, too. But they're going to still be in a corporate worship time where they're going to be connected to God. And then they know that well, the next thing you need to do is get involved in a, in a, in a life group. You, know? you need to be involved in a ministry. You need to be involved in, in reaching out to the world. So all those things are still the same, same thing. Everybody's aligned the same way. So it's got to be clear enough for even children to understand. Focus. That's the hardest thing. Focus. Of those four words I gave you, clarity, movement, alignment, focus is the hardest. Because focus means that we're going to have to decide to put some things off for another season we can't do everything at one time so we're going to have to focus in on what is it that god's called us to do and we can't have 10 things that people are doing in each of the areas minister god if you're ministering to god you got to do 10 things if you're ministering to the you know to be connected to the uh the body there's 10 things you're gonna have to do you know no we're gonna have one thing to do one thing. One thing is come to Sunday service. Be connected to God. One thing, to be connected to the body, get in a life group. One thing that you, in a ministry, get involved in any ministry you want to be involved with. In. Reaching out to the world. You do your own personal evangelism on your job, but also I want you to do uh, corporate uh, tasks where we do outreach, whether it be on the third or whenever it is. Um, we've been doing servant evangelism, and we're getting ready to start uh, going to the neighborhoods that our church is in so we can bombard them with uh, who we are you know? because we represent god we're christians and we're not coming to to the neighborhood to to uh, take your property value down we're going to take it up we're not coming to do your harm we t- come to do you good you know so we want to bless them and that's what we plan on doing blessing that neighborhood that the church is around Focus, focus. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help the el- elders in focus. Please don't, because you have have a, a, a personal desire for a certain thing, please don't uh, say that if you're not doing this right here, I don't want to be a part of the body. Because, see, we can't focus on everything. We got to focus on some things. You know. So some things we have we have determined that right now we could put on hold. Men's ministry, we put on hold to another season. The season might be next year. I don't know when the season is, but when when the season come, we'll have it. Yeah. We have it. Ladies' ministry, we put on hold. And somebody said, Well, man, you gotta have a ladies' ministry. We have a ladies' ministry, we have a men's ministry, we have a children's ministry, we have a we have everything in a life group. Do you know that there are men and women in life groups? You know? I hope it's nobody else, you know? Men and women, okay? Now, the thing is that I don't have any problems with ministering to men who are in my group because that's a men's group. Every single person who runs a life group will have some men in it. And that's your men's ministry, you know? That's your women's ministry. And you're going to be closer Closer together in a, small, in, a, in, a, in a small life group than you would be in the whole corporate larger group. Plus, it's going to take finances to do that, okay? And it's going to take another night to do it because sometimes we have uh, men's prayer breakfast. We had a breakfast. We would go out to eat at the Golden Corral and things like that. It's fun time, uh, but um, we're going to concentrate on, hey, why don't you, you and the men get together in your life group and go out to eat? That's a, that's a, that's a precious time, say, precious time. So, we're gonna put some things on hold. But we have a lot of things on this list that you can't get involved in. But it doesn't mean that we're not gonna uh, bring these things about some other time, but just not, not right now. We're gonna have also what we call big days. Big days. Now, big days are days in which um, Easter is a big day, right? Okay, we said we're going to have a big day at Easter. Uh, we thought we are going to be in our building, but we're not. Uh, but we we can have a big day here. How many people that's lost are not unchurched come to Easter service compared to the rest of the year? A lot. A lot. Okay. Are you going to be one of the invite your coworker, your neighbor, you know, on that day? It's a big day. It's a big day for the world, you know. And uh, if you do, it's going to help us because what our intention is, is to grow not only spiritually, which most of the things are, but numerically also. Because God wants us to grow numerically. He wants to add to the church. Is that correct? And we'll be reading about that in Acts when we get to Acts. How he added to the church, you know? And so he's going to add to the church. But you can't add to the church if you never invite anybody. The only addition we have is when somebody's born in, uh, to your family. And we want, them, we want the lost coming in. We want the unchurched coming in. So in order to do that, you're going to have to invite. And so in order to invite, a lot of times you need functions or events in which to invite somebody. Because they will come more if you invite them during a, a special big day, okay? What's the, what What was the, what was the first big day in Acts? Right, Pentecost, Pentecost. Holy Spirit fell, people ask, what must I do to be saved? And plenty of souls were added to the church, wasn't it? Right? Was God disappointed and said, my goodness gracious, we got too many people, we got to wipe some of these people out here, you know? No. See, some people don't think that uh, church growth is of God, but church growth is of God, and we need to grow. We need to grow for numerous reasons. Everything that we have need of is in the harvest. Do you know that? We, we know we got it, got it here. We know we got some here, but we don't have everything we need, do we? So whatever we need is in the harvest. Do we need more? People to help on the sound booth. Do we need more people, Alex? Yeah, we need more people. Where are they? If they're not in here, where are they? Got to be out there in the harvest somewhere, okay? Do we need more uh, our children's workers, Regina? Yes, we do, okay? If they're not in here, where are they? You got to be in the harvest, you see? So everything you have need of. If we don't have it here right now, it's in the harvest, okay? And when you bring the harvest in, you're going to get more of what you already have. And that's going to help out a lot of things. We have more teachers. We have more people who want to pastor. We have more people who want to, you know, uh, serve. We have more people who show mercy. We have more people who exalt. We have more people who, with a prophetic ministry. We have more prayer people. Uh, it's in, in the harvest. And that's, that's a good thing. Because then you get into church planting, because that's what God wants. Okay? He wants church planting. And some people, you know, they, they want to plant a church. And that's good. They should. That's in the harvest. Okay? And so that's what we, we, we're excited about. This is the ending message to uh, the, on the series that we had, and we want to start in Acts next Sunday okay, uh, going, going through Acts. And we're going we're gonna to take a break from Acts periodically during the year to have special messages, special series. And if you look on, the, on the, our website, you'll see the series that we're going to be covering. Uh, every time we're doing a series, it'll be on, the, on our website, okay, on the, on the home page. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I really don't know what time it is. That clock says 20 minutes to 9. So, huh? What is it? Twelve oh three? Okay. Uh, forgive me, uh, because uh, I was saying, man, I gotta, I gotta start giving some something else here, because I have, I have scriptures here, I have a lot of things. So man, you know, I gotta spend at least. that cost probably about an hour slow, so I got about an hour I can go, but I don't have an hour to go. I'm determined to try to let you out. Uh, the end of service around twelve, so that you always know that uh, when you bring somebody, they say, "Well, what time y'all get off?" Oh, uh, I, was, I was inviting one person to church. Uh, he, He's—they uh, um, do my tires, and um, he, he came over to the church, you know, because um, he had to bring me back to the church over on Park Avenue uh, and take the car back to the, to the shop to do my tires and all like that. And he said, "Man, this is good." What time do y'all meet? I said, ten thirty. What time y'all get out? I said, about twelve thirty something Whoa my goodness gracious, man. What do y'all be doing up in here, you know? I said, I said man, you know, I said, Man, you watch basketball longer than that, you know? Yeah, but I don't want to be sitting up in no church longer than that, you know. Uh but if they already know that you get out of twelve and you it's an hour and a half thing, then um uh, they they're more apt to come because it won't cut into too much of their Sunday entertainment. This is a loss in our church. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. Okay, stand your feet. Father, we thank you for clarifying our vision, for letting us know how we're gonna move, how we're gonna. Real align everything, what we're going to focus on, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Father, that the only thing we're doing is trying to simplify what you called us to do in 2010. All of this, Lord, is for one purpose, is to have people to be more like you. To not to put so much stress, so much on people, they'll have to do so many things and not have time for the main thing. Father, the main thing is that my life change and that their lives change. If it's not a changed life, if we are still doing, saying, reacting the same way that the world acts. Father, it's not glorifying you. We want to be different. Every single Sunday, we want to be different. We want to go away. Meditate on James. Memorize James. So that we'll know that regardless of what trials, I don't care how various they come, it's not going to shake our faith, our trust in you. Matter of fact, we'll be proving that we're true disciples because nothing shook you, Lord. Nothing. We're not going to let the economy shake us. We're not going to let uh, the job situation Shake us, Lord. The threats that the enemy puts in our minds about where well, they're gonna lay you off. They're gonna do this. You're not gonna have nowhere to go. You're not gonna feed your family. There's nothing for you. We're not gonna, we're not, we're not, we're just not gonna receive it. We know that you're, you're faithful. You're faithful, God. And that you, are going to always be on time. Oh, we're going to have to trust in you now. Faith without works is dead. We're going to, have to, we're going to have to trust in you. So we're going to have to stand firm, regardless of our circumstances, with faith. Because in the end result, we're going to the other side. We're not going to sink. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the salvation of our souls. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity Sunday you give to rededicate our lives and to give our lives to you and to walk more like you. Let us go out this Sunday, Lord, and be determined that during the week we're going to do James chapter 3. We're going to speak wholesome words. We're going to speak truth to people. We're going to have wisdom from above, Father. It's pure. It's first pure and then peaceable. Oh, yes, it's gentle, considerate. Easy to be entreated. We're going, we're going, we're going to do those things, Lord, in our household. We're going to be full of mercy, Lord. And good fruits. Impartial. Oh, we're going to be that, Lord. And we're going to be sincere. We're not going to be hypocrites, Lord. So we thank you for James chapter 3, Lord.